On this episode of Resi Week, we talk about the latest goings on with Sharp. Will they or won't they be bought by Foxconn? Wirestorm and Global Cash Day have joined together in a strategic partnership. Plus, what is the best solution for streaming audio? All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 10, recorded Monday, April 4th, 2016. Stream me. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like FSR. This is Resi Week, the weekly look at the residential market for the AV industry. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us this week, uh, my my new good friend, his name is Jeremy Glowacki from Residential Systems. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Also with us, uh, an old friend of of, uh, of the, well, just the AV network in general. Um, Jason, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Tim. How are you? Doing well. Jason has, uh, we've had him on before, he's he's spent most of his time in, in residential. He went from L.A. to um, to Denver uh, about six, nine months ago. Yeah, yeah, roughly, I think about seven months ago. Seven months and, ago. Uh, oh. Really enjoying it. Beautiful day here in Denver, and uh, really it's been a, a great transition. And uh, he also does a, a, a podcast with a, another good friend of ours, Big Nate, called uh, AV Shop Talk, so check that out too. Um, and also, last but not least, our buddy from South, or not South Georgia, Central Georgia, Stephen Bronner. How are you, sir? I'm doing outstanding, my friend. It's good to be back. All right. Uh, so let's kick this off real quick. Um, our, our friend at uh, Strategy, Mr. Ted Green, um, he and, and Residential Systems probably have some of the, the more comprehensive stuff on, on Sharp. But according to Ted... This was posted March 30th, so roughly last Thursday. Um, they said that apparently um, by Saturday, Sharp will officially be a part of the Foxconn group. <clears throat> now, this is something that's been going on for, good Lord, a month now, month and a half. And the deal is roughly $5.3 billion dollars. Um, Terry Gao is the head of, of Foxconn, uh, also known as Hanhai Precision. Uh, this is the group that's going in and, and purchasing Sharp. Uh, a whole lot of things are, are going on here. A lot of geopolitical stuff in Japan that I'm not even going to get into. Not smart enough. Just going to be honest here. Uh, but uh, Jason, we're going to start with you on this. From a, a business standpoint, a residential um, market standpoint, and kind of an overall display manufacturer standpoint, what does this do to Sharp's position in the market? Plus, you know, overarching, looking at at some of the technologies that they have been working on the last few years. Yeah, well, I'm a lot more comfortable now that I know that we're avoiding geopolitics. Thank, so thank you. you for that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this story has been one I've I've actually gotten most of my updates from from you guys. You've been doing a great job of covering this story. I haven't been very intimately acquainted with it. Sharp is not a brand that I've I've worked a lot with. I know when their displays first came out, the Aquas line back, I think around the mid 2000s or so, they were really a, a pretty prominent player in, in flat panels. And since then, I feel like they've just kind of dropped off a little bit. And I don't know if that's just been my uh, limited experience working with them, but I've just heard less and less. And I've had very few clients over the years who have come to me specifically asking about Sharp. And so I feel like 
the the Samsungs and the Sonys of the world have really been more prominent players in, in the high-end display space, in my experience. Uh, as I was reading the story, it really struck me as as a play more focused at, at smartphones. A lot of the coverage was about how Sharp is angling to get you know higher up the value chain with uh, iPhone manufacturing and particularly with OLED displays and, and and so I know that was a big aspect of the story hopefully it'll help them in the in the display side as well I, I wouldn't mind seeing another high-end display maker out there but currently we've been really focused on on Sony and uh, Samsung to a little bit of a lesser extent all right uh, Stephen kind of same kind of question to you and Jeremy will end up with a with a, a same sort of question uh, what does this do for for sharpen and your business Actually, in my in, in my company, we avoid sharp panels. Uh, the truth is, is that they have become uh, their picture quality is not great. Um, sharp doesn't make their money in our industry. Sharp is an OEM supplier for several major manufacturers. So, when you see a panel from Best Buy or something like that, there's a good chance that that sharp glass in that panel. You know, there's. They're, they make their money just like Universal Remote makes their money off of OEM remotes for every cable box, DirecTV, all that. Sharp makes their money the same way. So I feel like, you know, they tried to step into the high-end realm whenever they joined with Pioneer to do the elite panels. And then that kind of crashed and burned. It took a total of about two weeks for that to fail. So now we're looking at Sharp as a... Um, honestly, I, you know, I don't know if this merger will do anything for our industry, but I think what it will do is it will further commoditize um, flat panel production, which will bring the price down. However, when the price comes down so low, you start losing quality. So I think that as far as an overall effect on our industry, it will make it tougher to sell a more quality TV because your client's going to look just like with the Vizio line. And they're going to say, oh, I can get a 65-inch Vizio 4K for $12 and a pack of bubble gum. You know, what are, <laughs> what are we going to do? What, why are you trying to sell me a Sony for 3000 And it makes it more difficult. So the more you commoditize our industry and the more these large companies join up, that's where it's going to hurt. As far as integrators using Sharp TVs, um, I don't know a single integrator that sells Sharp TVs. Uh, they don't control well. They have terrible picture quality. When they were selling the 70s, 80s, 90s, 185,000-inch TVs, you know, for, for dirt cheap, people were asking for them because they were huge. But our job as an integrator is to point our client to a better product. Now, at the end of the day, if they want chocolate, give them chocolate. Yeah. But you point your client towards a better product, and that that means that most integrators are avoiding those TVs. See, and that's interesting. The, when back when I was programming, I, w I did a number of jobs, um, uh, commercial jobs, where in, in some of the boardrooms we would we would do the the, the Aquos line, and they weren't horrible to program. Uh, I can't speak to the to the residential line because I never tried to program them. So. Um, Jeremy, we're going to kick, kick this with you. They've uh, Jason mentioned smartphone possibility. Um, Stephen mentioned the fact that, that they OEM an awful lot of stuff. Are we possibly looking at, at maybe the beginning of the end of, of Sharp as a brand maybe or as you know an actual um, brand that we can go out and purchase and more the, the fact that, that Foxconn is looking at this as a manufacturing arm? Because let's be honest, that's what Foxconn does. They're manufacturing. Right, they don't. I shouldn't say they don't have any any experience with marketing. I'm certain that they do, 
But Foxconn is known for making the iPhone. That's that's where they they you know that's where the at least the the average American first heard their name. So now they're they're picking up this company that Jason's right. They've done a lot of work in OLED. There's been a lot of talk about the fact that the next generation of not only iPhones but also other smartphones are moving towards OLED. Is that possibly what they're looking at? And if if so, what do they do with this this probably um, percentage wise? small part of their business. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly how I read this whole thing was that, that that brand of Sharp is not coming back with this purchase. I mean, it's not where they're going with this. And there's got to be technology behind the scenes that they're trying to to acquire here. And uh, I mean, I don't I don't see the 55 uh, inch uh, um, iPhone coming out anytime no. soon, but I, I want, <laughs> I, I did have an inkling of thought of the Apple Television. You know, the, made thank the you. I that love that. Out. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's ever going to see the light of day. That ship might have sailed, but uh, it, it did. It did cross my mind. I have to say, when I when I read this, um, but yeah, I I I was there with the Aquas branding back at CES like this massive booth and then they introduced this you know it was this fourth color you know concept that I frankly thought it looked terrible I the yellow added to the the RGB just made no sense to me it was like yeah you made uh, an old timey looking TV now you know it's like uh, sepia tone yep. television um, I, 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 I always have to play my uh, my politics very close to the vest when I'm dealing with manufacturers because we are an ad advertising supported publication but at the time I just had to bite my tongue like this is the first time I've looked at video that just did not look right and I don't get what they're trying to achieve here that was a long time ago and then the brand just sort of faded away from from the the major, you know, push at, at shows like CES, but um, I, I do think that it's probably going to continue to fade, and that there is something behind the scenes that I, I'm not privy to, obviously, um, but that they're working on something with technology here, and who knows what if it has anything to do with Apple, but they're a major customer for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I had forgotten about that whole fourth color yellow thing. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. About <laughs> it was. Really, oh, how could you forget? <laughs> well, that's a good point. How could you forget? But yeah, it was, it was the yeah. We have four colors. That's awesome, guys. Thanks for that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Wonderful. Well, it will inform the rainbow of your uh, decision. Of your decision. Yeah. We'll inform right. the, the creators of TV of your decision. Thanks for playing. So, all right. Uh, let's go here. Up, up, up next is our, a story about global cache, actually from Residential Systems. Uh, they've entered into a strategic partnership uh, with Wirestorm. Um, now, if you're not familiar with Global Cache, and I honestly wasn't until about a year ago, uh, they make IP, Wi-Fi, um, uh, network-based uh, connectivity products. It basically, it, and I'm going to simplify this here, and Stephen's going to rake me over the coals. Um, <laughs> they make stuff that you can take non-networked devices and put them on the network. Is that simple enough, Stephen? That's actually great. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I'll continue then. Um, so an example is you have a Blu-ray player and let's say it's a Blu-ray, I don't know, it's a Sony, uh, Blu-ray player and it doesn't have a network jack on it. You can't get it on the network. Then you take this, uh, uh, global cache device that takes network into IR. And so it's, a, it has a network port. Then you can get other networked, uh, control systems to talk to said 
Blu-ray. Now, it, I, I said I 